Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC Studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the PowerCat Postgame Review Podcast brought to you by Caddyshack Golf. I am Go PowerCat publisher Tim Fitzgerald as we take a look back at Kansas State's 34-17 victory over the West Virginia Mountaineers on Saturday at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. It was a nice, solid win for Kansas State as the Wildcats continue to play really good football. They've now won four in a row to move to 7-3 and three on the season and 4-3 and three in Big 12 play. Baylor comes to Bill Snyder Family Stadium on Saturday for a 4-30 kick. Then the Wildcats will wrap up their regular season the Friday after Thanksgiving, so just in less than two weeks, by going to Texas against a beleaguered bunch of Longhorns who just lost to Kansas. Insert laugh soundtrack right here. Okay, I didn't insert the laugh track. And standing by in just a moment, and we'll bring him in, is my co-host for the post-game review podcast, Mr. Brian Hanley. He lives down in Texas. He is our football analyst at GoPowerCat.com. And of course, Brian was a starting offensive Lyman on the 97 and 98 Kansas State teams, Michael Bishop and company, and he knows a little bit about football, and I bet you he will say K-State's playing pretty well and the offensive line's kicking butt, but I'll ask him that in a little bit. As I mentioned, we are sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. Caddyshack Golf, wear a caddy with two T's. Visit CaddyshackGolf.com for all of your officially licensed golfing willy apparel, accessories, and more. Use code GPC for free shipping on your next order. And now let's bring in our football analyst, Brian Hanley, after the Kansas State takes apart. Maybe that's a little too firm on my description. West Virginia <laughs> on Saturday at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. The final score, 34-17. K-State looked pretty good from the start. But, Brian, we were texting, or maybe it was via Twitter, actually, during the game. <clears throat> Stop being conservative in the first half. Open yes. that game up. It was like K-State was so afraid. They had a lead. They didn't want to make a mistake. And they just kind of sat on it a little bit. And it was 17-3. to Sure, it's a two-touchdown lead. But West Virginia's too good to think they're not going to make a run at you. And that's kind of what happened. Correct. Yeah, I was just it, just, it was just frustrating because I thought we could have put the gas pedal down and just stomped on them. We had them down. It could have just beat them down. And in, and I like you said, I get not wanting to make a mistake. I 100% understand that. But you know what? At some point, you got to trust your guys. And I think we have really good guys to make good decisions. So we got to trust that. Uh, but overall, though, outstanding football game. Just an outstanding football game. Guys playing well. We're playing well. You know, it's really good to see, man, where their things are coming together. The team's playing real, really good football right now. They just believe in themselves, don't they? You could just see it in their demeanor. This team is so much more confident now than they were three, four weeks ago. 
Yeah, absolutely. You can see how they the things are coming together, and it's kind of like, hey, you know what? This is cool. We see what's happening here. Guys are flying around on defense. Guys are knocking people off the ball on offense. It's just, it's good to see. And the confidence level, like you said, you get a couple things to go your way. I know I'll go, I've gone back to it and I'll keep going back to it. The second half against Texas Tech has turned our season around. And whether Texas Tech is a good football team or not, and they just beat Iowa State, it turned our season around. The guys are just playing with their heads in the cloud, and it's just real good to see. Like I said, it's really good football that's being played right now. Yeah, it it's incredible. They are in the last seven quarters, which would be the second half of Texas Tech and the three games since, and they've given up 39 points. Yeah. And that's Whew. a little more than you know, about seven and a half points a quarter. or And, you know, that's winning football. Well, that's not even right. Seven and yeah, something. I'm I'm totally screwing up. I don't even know my math, but it is really good. <laughs> they're they're uh they're playing just really sound football and it's 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 fun to see. It really is fun to see a team that uh, kind of clicks on all cylinders. And they did. They had special teams going, they had the offense went from the get go, and maybe that's uh, I'm not saying this to defend Courtney Messiam, but the the run game works so flawlessly on that opening drive. They just cruised up the field and scored a touchdown. He he had to think that we can get back to that, and he kept running it and running it and running it. And you know, eventually West Virginia adjusted and took it away by middle of the second quarter, and they were just running into a wall. But boy, that offense came out and clicked, and then you get the block punt that is a scoop and score yep. touchdown. I'm telling you what, it's been a long time since I've seen a scoop and score on a block punt because Blocking punts is hard now. Everyone's defending yes, it, it is. differently. And K-State, by God, found a breach in how they were protecting their punter, and it worked perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, K-State, again, obviously special teams is something that's gone way, way back that we do really well and put an emphasis on it. But the way that things are blocked nowadays, it almost makes it impossible to block a punt. We were able to do it. Special teams is something that we hadn't scored on in a while. It's been well. Don't get me wrong. It's been good. Just what hasn't been something that we've scored on. We did again this game. It's just everything was clicking. Um, I I just – the guys are playing good football, man. What what else can I say? Yeah, yeah. I noticed something in this game that is going to be something I – assume we're going to see for many games to come. It's that West Virginia was so committed to not letting Felix and Yudike Uzama sack their quarterback yes. and let someone else do it. And they, you Correct. know, they just so they had him double teamed with a third guy keeping an eye on him. And then lo and behold, Eli Huggins or Daniel Green or someone else would get to the quarterback you know, you take away something, you're giving up something. That's one of the Bill yep. Snyder things. You can stop anything you want to as long as you know what committing those resources means and what you're giving up. And that's kind of what West Virginia decided. We're going to not let this guy take over the game. And other people stepped up for K-State's defense, which is a wonderful sign. A wonderful sign. Couldn't have said it better. And that's exactly what you want. Basically, it's a sign of a good defense. You know, that's truly the sign of a good defense. You have an outstanding player that they're paying a lot of attention to. They take him away, and they did. And that's what they're going to do. Then other people have to step up. Really good defenses, that's what they do. Is other guys step up and say, oh, you're going to block me with one guy? Well, I'm going to beat 
this one-on-one block. I'm just going to beat it. I'm better than whoever is blocking me. I'm going to get out there and make a play. And that's literally what happened. It was great to see guys flying around. They were having some fun on Saturday, Fitz. Yeah, they were. They really were. Eli Huggins, after the game, noted the fact that it was one of the rare times this season as a nose tackle he's had a single block. That yep. that the guard had to go take care of Felix, and he was left unblocked or with one guy, and he said he, you know, it, it was such a relief. He was not, not going to get past him. He had to get past him. One of the guys that's quietly, well, maybe not quietly after Saturday, been very significant for this K-State defense that, honestly, we don't talk about enough of is Rush Yeast. This kid came in. He transferred yeah. from Louisville. He's He's been a mainstay in the secondary now at one of the safety spots. He had a interception on, on the drive and broke up, really made a great adjustment on a well-designed play by West Virginia and, and broke up a pass that was caught. I mean, we have a photo of it. The ball is in the receiver's hands and he knocked it out. He's just been so good on the back end. It's allowing the pass rush to do a lot more. But, boy, if that's what you can get out of the transfer portal, if you're K-State, go find some more of that. Absolutely. I've said it before, and I made even a podcast about it, is transfer portal can be our friend. I know people look at it as, well, we're not going to have, you know, K-State guys, and we're not going to, you know, the rich keep getting richer. And I'm like, look. Use it to your advantage. Go. I mean, if if the rich get richer and a, some program is going to take from us, then you know what? We got to take from somebody else. It's just the way that recruiting is going right now. And if we can get guys like that that can keep making, that are going to be making plays on the back end, that is great. Because that guy, I watched him at Louisville. Like As you know, I'm a diehard Louisville fan. I grew up there. I watched him there. I watched his father play. Uh, he's a good football player, just a good football player. Yeah, and he's been a good fit, too. He's, he's yes. kind of just really fit right into the locker room, like all the transfer portal guys. I I don't know what they're doing in the transfer portal, portal system of evaluating players, but they're doing a lot of evaluation on quality of character, and they've brought in guys mm-hmm. that have really meshed well with this team. And that's got to be difficult to find guys, A, that can help you on the field and also won't disrupt a locker room. Because, Brian, as we look around the landscape of college football, and we see teams like Texas struggling and Clemson losing and, and having their battles, I can't help but to think that the inner the introduction of the NIL has disrupted locker rooms all around the country and brought in an element that college coaches have never faced before. Right. Absolutely. It's one of those things where you got to have high character guys because the NIL is out there. And for me, I'm a proponent of it. Obviously I was a player, so I think it's a good thing. And, and I'll always say that. On the flip side of it, it brings in a bad – it can bring in a bad element. I shouldn't say it does. It can bring in a bad element. So you need high-character guys on your team to be able to understand that and deal with it. And I know what some people sometimes say, Fitz, is that, well, you can't have a a whole team full of high-character guys. And that's not necessarily true. I understand you need some guys that have edge to it. And you do. You need some guys that have an edge to them. But that doesn't mean that those guys still aren't high character guys. There's a huge difference. And I think people misunderstand that. And as a transfer portal, I think one thing that we do well is because to be able to get guys, obviously there's some conversations that have to be made with other coaches. 
You know, you can't just, you know, you're going, you're looking at a guy, you get a guy. I think to be able to, to fit in here, you have to have a conversation with another coach and say, Hey, what is this guy about? He's leaving. What's he about? Does he do this? Does he do that? And I think maybe that's where we're having a, uh, we are doing a good job of evaluating is having conversations with coaches and saying, Hey, will he fit in? What's he do? I mean, those are things that you have to do. I mean, there's going to be some misses. So I don't want to think that, you know, it's just, everything is just gravy because it, it won't be, you're going to have misses. Uh, you have recruiting misses though, too. So it's just the way, you know, it works out. It's just how college football works. Yeah, but absolutely. You know, yeah, it's just how college football works, literally. And I think we're doing a good job of having those conversations with other coaches and not even just necessarily their high school co- or their college coach. They can go back to their high school coach. Hey, they went to XYZ University. Why didn't it work out there? Talk to their high school coach or whoever. Find out why, because usually that they'll know and they'll tell you. You know, this is what he went there. He shouldn't have went there. It didn't work out because of this, 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 and this. But he will work out here because of. I think we just, the coaches are doing a great job with that. Yeah, it's not about being a guy that goes along to get along. Just going to say whatever. No. It, Michael Bishop was a well liked in that locker room that you when you played for Kansas yes. State, but he demanded winning. He, he did. He was a leader, a forceful leader in the huddle in the locker room. He was. He absolutely was. He, he demanded winning. He demanded everybody give their best effort. You know, he wasn't a, a go along like kind of what you said. He wasn't that person. It was, look, we're trying to win something here. And either you can be a part of it or you can not be a part of it. And if you're not going to be a part of it, I don't want you to play. It's not that I don't like you. It's not personal, but I'm trying to win while we're playing. So I need people that want to win as bad as I want to win. And there's zero wrong with that zero exactly and you know it goes the other way you can lose some quality guys going out the portal if they don't uh see the playing time they'd like and and i'm gonna be honest here i'm getting a little worried about joe irvin not seeing the ball enough um he's stuck behind deuce vaughn i don't think joe's saying he should be playing ahead of deuce vaughn if if he's upset i think but he only had nine carries in the game for a total of 31 yards he did have the first touchdown of the game but deuce had 25 carries. Uh, I just feel like Joe Irvin could get the ball more, but you got to give the ball to Deuce. How do you balance that out, coach? Well, I mean, look, it's kind of what you said. It's not that anybody's wanting to leave or we think that anybody's going to leave, but we're in a different day and age, a day and age where guys want to play. And Joe has proven, and he has proven that he can play at this level and play well at this level. But, there just happens to be somebody that's ahead of him. It's just the way that it works. I mean, you know, you can't not give it to somebody because you're trying to feed somebody. That's how teams lose. I mean, I'll just flat out tell you, that's how teams get beat. You know, you look at these these running back combinations that have happened over the years in college football, there's always a number one guy. And it doesn't necessarily mean that that number one guy is the guy that's going to be even a better pro. You looked at, at, at OU. Remember when OU had Joe Nixon and uh, Pirine? Well, Pirine was the number one guy while they were both there. Yeah. But now that they're in the pros, Joe Nixon is far and away yeah. a better pro than he was. So it, it just, you know, it's 
what are you going to do? You got to play the guy that's going to do the things that are going to benefit your program and win college football games. That's just the way that it has to be. Somebody's going to get more carries than somebody else. Everything isn't balanced, but you know what? We're not playing in a, everything is equal type of a sport. That's not what college football is. That's not what sports are in general. Everything isn't equal. So, you know, it's just the way that it is. I feel bad. Should he get the ball more? Yes. But should he get the ball more in the detriment to the team? The answer to that is no. Well, it is going to be interesting to see how some of this shakes out. And it is an era in which players can just say, the heck with it. I can find better elsewhere and get up and leave without, honestly, enough thought. You know, that, right. and for the life of me, unless something's going catastrophically wrong right. within the locker room, I don't know why players are quitting in midseason to go into the transfer portal. I don't Absolutely get it. Insane. It's a bad look. And you're missing out on playing games and getting better. Uh, and I think that just sends a message right there that this guy really is in it too much for himself. And that yep. bugs me a lot. And maybe too much. Maybe I should. Maybe I'm just being an yeah. old fart. No, I don't think it, it, it's that. But in my thing is, if, it, if if guys are like that, number one, on the team that you follow, then you don't want them anyway. Right. So you're to me, I'm fine with it. If guys want to quit on the team that I'm on, the team that I root for, and they don't want to be there, and again, the guys inside the locker room, they don't want to get better or keep playing, and I'm, maybe you're not getting everything that you think you deserve, it is what it is. But at some point, we have to be rid of that element and move on to people that want to buy into what we're doing because you're trying to win football games. You're trying to build a program. You're trying to do a lot of things whatever way that you're trying to do them and you can't have people trying to hold you back. So I don't think it has anything to do with what you're saying as far as being old fart fits. I, I really don't. It's, Hey, if you don't want to be there, then just don't be there and you won't be part of the program. But at, at the same time, having people quit during mid, I don't even know why you would want to do that. I mean, I'm playing football and then all of a sudden, well, you know what? I'm not playing as much as I want, so I'll play none. <laughs> what sense does that make? Doesn't doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just don't know. Hold on, Brian. Let's take a little pause right there as we take a break on the Powercat Post Game Review Podcast. We're sponsored by Caddyshack Golf, and we will continue after this breaking down Kansas State's win over West Virginia, and we're going to take a peek around the Big Twelve because it was an interesting weekend of football in the conference. How about those Longhorns? We'll talk about that after this break. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. 
With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the PowerCat Post Game Review Podcast. I am Tim Fitzgerald, and I'm joined by Mr. Brian Hanley, former Kansas State offensive lineman in 97 and 98, and one of our football analysts here at Go PowerCat. We are sponsored by Caddy Shack Golf. 4K Staters, by K Staters, jackets, hats, polos, t-shirts, golf accessories. Caddy Shack Golf, wear a caddy with two T's. Visit CaddyShackGolf.com. Use code GPC for free shipping on your next order. Well, let's talk about Skylar Thompson because I didn't feel like he was as sharp as he has been. He had a couple balls dropped that probably should have been interceptions. Um, he he looked a little hesitant. Maybe it was the play calling. Maybe he could tell that they were so worried about him making a mistake. He was thinking about it. He was over-processing. But by golly, when they needed a fourth down conversion in that fourth quarter, he threw an absolute NFL pass down the seam, right down the hash marks to Sammy Wheeler for a first down that might have saved the day it might have, if West Virginia gets the ball back they're only down a touchdown there maybe they come back and and tie it up but nope he threw a perfect ball at the perfect time and it just seems to be something he's doing more of now making that play when you really need it yeah he's doing it he didn't have a great game on Saturday but he did when the time came for him to make a play he made the play that's the difference he didn't play great um, everybody, I mean, if you watch the football game, you could see that and understand that he didn't. However, you can play horrible, but if you make the plays that we need you to make in the time that we need you to make them, all of that can be forgiven and forgotten. So, uh, and I don't think he by far didn't play horrible because he didn't. I'm not trying to say that he played horrible. I thought he played, he, he played okay. You know, he played okay, but again, when you take okay and then it, elevates to good because he again made the plays when we needed him to make it so i I think he just has to get better i think what you mentioned is key though fitz they got to trust him a little bit more trust him a little bit more to make the plays you know we we're we're on the cusp of something really really special let him make the plays and if he doesn't he doesn't okay then fine but at some point we've got to just because it will come back to bite us I'm, i'm telling you this whole offense, putting putting in just the deep freeze is going to end up coming back to bite us because just continuously having three and outs, our defense is playing lights out football, but they will get tired. They're human beings. It happens. Yep. We just got to put our foot down and put somebody in the ground when we have that opportunity. Got to do it. Skylar Thompson was 14 and 19, passing the ball for only 138 yards, one touchdown. He was sacked once. His long was 35 yards, and it was that Sammy Wheeler pass on a fourth and eight at the 39, and he threw a 35 yard pass and put the ball at the four. 
It was game changing, and that that kind of play can be game changing if it's in the first quarter. It was so definitive, like, "Hey, I know you know we're going to throw the ball down the field, but I'm still going to do it." And I found this guy. That's that's an impressive throw for Skyler, and I think that's a really positive sign that when the game is on the line, he said, "Hell yeah, I'm going to make that throw," and he didn't hesitate. Because right. the second you hesitate, I don't care what sports you're playing. When you hesitate, you're screwed. You're you're done. That's exactly right. Exactly right. And I know you've been calling for it for weeks. I've been calling for it for weeks. The tight end is going to be open down the middle. And by golly, when we needed a play, that's exactly what they did. I I I jumped out of my chair. I was screaming so loud. Loved it. Yeah, it was. And I think it's there and available. Uh, Maybe that's what you know, Courtney Messingham is going to keep holding back. He's going to keep holding that back and play that card when he really needs it because he's done it a couple times now. He did it um, against, uh, what was it, Southern Illinois where he had the long pass mm-hmm. from Will Howard to Amata Bebe. And, you know, yep. that's good. They've got a couple really good receiving tight ends. And Nick Linners went down and had a really crucial catch yes. in this game when Skyler was under a lot of pressure, needed a receiver, and Nick made the play. And that was really good because I think his confidence as a receiver receiver has been dented by a couple drops. Um, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Offensively, um, we you know, I mentioned Deuce and Joe Irvin in the first part of the show. Deuce Vaughn is so good, though. You've got to keep him on the field. They threw him the ball um, only twice in this game. They targeted him three times. I just I feel like you can leave him on the field. I, and maybe we've discussed this every time, but get him and Joe on the field together. I, I'm just I'm. They're they're doing some things that I even though they're winning I'm still not fully grasping. I don't know what I mean. We're deep into the season yeah. at this point. You're it's time to empty the playbook. That's right. So it's time to empty the playbook. So uh, you know, we, I mean, we don't need to hold anything back. They can absolutely be on the field at the same time. Take advantage of of what you have. We have two really good running backs. We just do. So take advantage of it. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that you have to take Deuce off the field because I think sometimes they they substitute too much fits that we'll be in a rhythm, we're running the ball, they run it two or three times, and then you take them out. You take them out. And I'm like, eh, I don't know that you need to to take a guy out in that situation, a running back. He's got a groove. I don't know that you necessarily need to do that. You know, guys, a lot of times let a running back run. Let him have four or five, six carries, you know, whatever the case may be, and then make it not after two. I mean, I, I, don't, I just don't think you need to do that. And I think sometimes we get into a pattern of just subbing because maybe we think we need to or something of that nature. I think we just have to do a better job of utilizing the time. I know we're winning games, so I'm not trying to be too critical because things are working, but I just know, I know that it can be better. I know that it can be. Okay, give me the Brian Hanley offensive line breakdown for this game. What did you see from the Cats? destruction we were pushing people around at the line of scrimmage it's all it was i'd like to be able to go into a big diatribe and big technical what they did it's not necessary they literally were moving people off the line of scrimmage and if you're going to do that then you're going to win football games it's just plain and simple they were moving guys off the line of scrimmage they protected well moving guy a lot of guys moving their feet you know, I know we got a holding penalty here and there, and I don't know that all of them were actually ne- not necessary, but, you know, I should say they deserve them, whatever the case may be. But off the line, just bullied them. 
then that means for and, and West Virginia is supposed to have a great front seven, and they did, and they made adjustments. But I think we got in our way for as far as not being able to run it, and maybe a lot in the second half when we wanted to or needed to, whatever the case may be. We got in our way, but the offensive line pushed them around, man. I think I uh, excuse me. I think West Virginia got really frustrated. It led to one of the worst targeting penalties I've seen. Oh my goodness! Uh, I mean, that's what targeting is supposed to be. Yes. Not this parsing. If you've got to parse it and try to decide whether or not he made enough contact with the helmet, again, Correct. it's not targeting. If you got to think about it, that was Correct. targeting. Yes. He pinned his arm literally back what it was and thrusted yes. his helmet into his helmet. Uh, I wish the Big 12 would look at those and say, you know what? The rules say you're only out for this period. You're out a whole game because That's right. you should be held accountable for that. I don't know about the late hit on the sideline. It was pretty iffy, um, but still it happened again. And then really the one that bothered me in this game was the chop block on Spencer Trussell. And I don't know his status. I don't know if he is injured, not coming back from that, but um I don't know what Neil Brown was bitching about. He was arguing with the official. It was about as obvious as you could get. Correct. He got cut at the knees as he was going inside. The guard picked him up. Granted, it's circumstance. They didn't plan to double team him, but they certainly did. And in exactly the way the rules trying to prevent you from doing it, they bent his leg right over the top of the of the lineman that cut his knees. It it was ugly. Right. Yeah. I just, again, I don't know. Maybe the coach is frustrated or not, but maybe he didn't see it. I, I don't know. But I know it was blatant. I know as a, as an offensive lineman, I know exactly what it was. I mean, that's the total definition of a post and job. And I don't care if they meant to do it or what. It happens. Right. You know, I mean, and so you have to. I don't know. I, it, to me, I thought it was dirty, and I, I have no problem saying that, and I don't care if the kid's meant to do it or not. They know not to do that. I mean, you're coached not to do that. So it, it's not a matter of you not knowing or anything like that. You're literally coached not to do that. So it was unnecessary. Uh, the play on the sideline, it was a little light, but again, unnecessary. Didn't have to happen. Right. You know, um, and like you said, it happened again. Our guys are, are must be saints. But I can tell you right now, the third week in a row, there would have been a fist fight if, uh, if I were out there playing. You're just not going to do that to my quarterback. And I'm not saying that the guys are, are soft or anything. That's not what I'm saying. They just have better composure than what I would have <laughs> because you just can't keep doing those kinds of things. And I know it's a different age right now. I, I really, really do. So it, it's just, it, to me, it's starting to get on my nerves a little bit yeah. uh, I- that it just keeps happening. I loved Noah Johnson on that play when Skyler went over the bench and he's on the West Virginia side. Noah Johnson is over there with his quarterback within seconds. I mean, it was yes. amazing to watch how fast the offensive yes. lineman got to protect his quarterback. But, um, yeah, I, I just I picked up the sense of some real frustration on West Virginia's part that was manifesting itself in unfortunate and ugly ways, which is often a sign of you're having problems with your team. And they're now four and six, and I think they're having some problems over there because I thought they'd yeah. be better. I did too. I thought they would be better. But, you know, sometimes, though, you can – pin the frustrations you know on on to somebody and i think that's what we did we physically whipped them and when you physically get whipped 
then you turn to whatever you want to turn to. So I thought our guys, that's just what they did. They physically put our will on them and didn't allow for them to do the things that they wanted, really wanted to do. And I think that just the frustration just bowled over because I believe West Virginia thought they were going to come to Manhattan and win the football game. I agree. Not that everybody doesn't believe that. I'm just saying, I really thought that I thought that West Virginia thought they had a better team and they were going to just come in and bully us like they did last year. And it was literally the exact opposite. Let's talk about a few other topics. And I've got to ask you, because I imagine you watch some of it, Texas losing to Kansas, Brian, it shouldn't be possible. It shouldn't be possible. I'm not sure there's a player on the KU roster that breaks the depth chart at Texas. Nope. Nope. I told you they quit, though. Remember I told you? I said Texas had quit, and they literally have quit. That that was ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Well, they get to go to West Virginia this weekend, a battle of two, four, and six teams. The winner is stays in contention for bowl eligibility. Wow. And the loser is done. And if you're K-State, you hope West Virginia wins so that Texas literally has nothing to play for in 13 days when, whatever it is, when K-State goes down to Austin on the Friday after Thanksgiving and plays that team. Um, I don't I don't know what we'll see from Texas, but what I saw on Saturday against Kansas, first of all, congratulations to Kansas. You made the plays. You made it happen. I'm not dismissing your win because Texas didn't care. Uh, you had to go do it, and you did it. And I don't know how you converted that two-point play at the end, but it worked, and it summed it up for me that a chubby fullback from Plainville, Kansas – caught the ball in the Texas end zone to beat all of those four and five star kids that think they're entitled to something that they're not entitled to. I loved every second of it. And again, you know me, I care nothing about Kansas. I, 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 I don't care anything about them, but you know what? I was cheering and my, even my wife kind of gave me the side eyes. We were watching the game and I go, April, I don't care. I don't just, and it's not that I despise Texas. I just despise what they stand for. Bingo. That's what it is. Bingo. It's what they stand for, man. I, and Kansas, they're out there fighting. They're not good. You know, they don't have great players, but they were fighting. They made it happen, won the game. And you know what? Texas fans are not going to be happy. They got enough money. They lose out. They may fire Sarkeesian and have a booster just buy out his contract and say, I'm done with him. I go, this guy's got to go. They're not opposed to that. And to be honest with you, I mean, sometimes you can see things, sometimes you cannot, but Texas wasn't this bad last year. They just won and they didn't quit like they did, like they already have. And who knows? And they asked him a question after the game. I don't know if you heard it or not. They asked him about, have you lost the messaging in the locker room? And the coach's response was, well, you'll have to ask them. And I'm like, the answer is really? Yeah. I'm like, that's your answer. Then the answer is yes. And that's trouble. I mean, that, that if for a coach to give that kind of response, that's trouble. I'm like, how, how, as a player, how do you even respond to that? How do you even look up to the coach if he's saying, well, you got to ask them if, if they've lost? Oh, my goodness. I thought, boy, this is a train wreck. I mean, this is literally the definition of a train wreck. And I love it. 
I love it because yes, they shouldn't yes. have fired Tom Herman, but they thought they could no. do better. And now they've dialed back the clock further than he ever had it dialed. And they're starting over as they're getting ready to head to the SEC. The, the ongoing arrogance and entitlement at Texas just blows my mind. But I have also come to the conclusion that there's something systematically wrong with how football players are put on a pedestal at Texas. Something's going on where these guys don't think they need to work as hard as everyone else. I'm not saying they don't work, but I don't think they get how hard even a KU's working. I just think they feel like I was a five-star. They get a lot of five-stars and I don't have to work as hard because I'm better than everyone else. And, brother, you're not. When you get on the college football field, that Deuce Vaughn, he was three stars. Nobody really wanted him, and you can't catch him. Nope. And there's the thing. Tim, it's just – I played on college, and, again, it was a long time. It was over 20 years ago. Having said that, football is still football. You still have to work hard. You still got to put in the time. You still got to lift the weights. You got to run the sprints. All of that is all the same. And it will continue to be the same when it comes to that. When you get on a football field, you have to be working together. If you're not working together, it just doesn't work. It's not like basketball. Basketball, you can hate each other. But if you got a guy that's so much better than everybody else, you can win. It just works that way. Not on a football field. It doesn't work. And you continuously bring in these four- and five-star guys. But if they don't work and they're not doing the things to get better, then – And you just think about it. You bring in a guy and maybe 17, 18, 19 years old against a 22-year-old guy or a 23-year-old guy that's working his tail off. Well, which one would you rather want? And then that's an easy answer. So, And that's, I think, is what's happening at Texas is that they're bringing in these guys. They're not working as hard as what they need to. They get a few that do, but you need more than that. You got to buy into a program, but they haven't given them an opportunity to buy in yet. You know, you keep flipping coaches every, you know, three years. You don't give them a guy enough time to do and, and, and set the groundwork for what they're trying to do. I mean, it's impossible in three years' time. You can't do that. It doesn't work that way. Absolutely. Item two I want to talk to you about. Baylor beating Oklahoma and looking like the better team for most of the day. It wasn't one of those fluky things. They just looked better prepared and more hungry. And Oklahoma really facing a a tough challenge, not for the first time. They've been in a lot of close games this year. That's been a problem yeah. with Oklahoma. But knowing that we may not be good enough to come back and beat this team, it looked like they panicked. And yep. um, I don't know what to say about Baylor. They just lost to TCU. They beat Oklahoma. They're coming to Manhattan. I'm not sure what to expect. But I know this. That was one hell of an effort by those those kids in Waco to knock off Oklahoma. And we are staring at the possibility of having – Maybe like Baylor and Oklahoma State in that uh, title game. K State's going to have something to say about that. But now Baylor has the uh, has the tiebreaker on Oklahoma. We'll see if they need that. But I was impressed with Baylor, and it's going to be a heck of a task for the Wildcats. Well, I looked at, I recorded the game because obviously it was on at the same time. So I recorded the game, went back and looked at it, and Baylor just beat Oklahoma up up front. They just physically whipped them up front. So they were the more physical football team. They just literally smashed OU. You kind of went, our old line smashed OU's too. So, yeah, I mean, let's, let's, yeah, our old line pushed OU's around too. And that's literally what happened in this football game. The difference was is that the quarterback for OU, they harassed them. 
He wasn't he wasn't accurate. It was first game, you know, playing with a little adversity. You know, coming in when you're you're so far down against Texas, it's easy to play then because you're playing carefree. The game gets tight, you know, in a game that you're not playing well in. And how do you deal with it? He couldn't deal with it. And again, and they got whipped up front. So if you get whipped up front and your quarterback's rattled, that's a problem, you know? And then of course the coach panics and then he brings in another guy to play quarterback for a little while. I'm like, yeah, it, I mean, it was just a, a bad deal all the way around Baylor's the football team. So it, it, Baylor's just good. They are. Uh, and they play physical. They're a carbon copy of what we do. They, they want to run it. They want to stop you on defense, not let you run the football. They want to run the football. They got some good athletes. So it's going to be a real test because they're a good football team. Really good. It's going to feel like throwback football. Two yes. first teams based on offensive line and solid defense. Oh, my God. I'm going to love this game. This is oh. this is my football. Yes, absolutely. I can't wait. Cannot wait. And we will have plenty to say about that later in the week when we do the Powercat pregame podcast as K-State plays Baylor at 430. What a weird time. On Saturday <laughs> at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. I've got to look up what FS1 has on their their docket. It's obviously not college football. Auto racing, something that is get, throwing out a wacky kickoff time is 4.30, but uh, it'll be interesting because it gets dark now. Um, they, they've changed the, the time, Brian, and I don't yes. like it. It is uh, <laughs> about 5.30, it's dark. And, and look, I'm old, but I, I, I want some more daylight than that. I don't understand. <laughs> Brian, thank you very much. I appreciate it. It was a wacky weekend in Big 12 football. Well, we didn't even talk about Iowa State and Texas Tech. That that just baffles me. Yeah. I can't wrap my mind. My I guess my fear now is Texas will fire Sark right before they play Kansas State, and they'll get that fire-to-coach boost that's going around the Big 12 yep. right now, which I can't explain. But we'll see what happens. Iowa State, I just, again, oh, Matt Campbell, I just, not good, not good. All this hype, best team they're supposed to ever have. Yep. And, I mean, they're going to end up losing five games. <laughs> yep. Like, you know, how good a coach do you want them? USC, if you want them, you can have them. Yep, I'm I'm a little uh, befuddled by the inconsistency Iowa State has showed this year with that roster and that level of experience. I don't get it, and uh, I'm just going to say it, folks. I think it's time to put a hold on putting Matt Campbell into the College Football Hall of Fame. We're just going to have to thank you. We're going to see. Thank you. Brian, thank, thank you, you very much. K-State beats West Virginia 34-17 on Saturday, heading into Baylor. K-State's now just a mere 7-3, and 4-3 and three in the conference <laughs> after winning four in a row. The Wildcats are rolling. Can they roll through the Bears? Well, we will talk about that later in the week. I'm Fitz, and this has been the Powercat Post Game Review Podcast with my friend Brian Hanley. We will talk to you real soon. Thank you for listening to the Powercat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 